Non-rock-a-boatus must stop. I don't want to rock the boat. I want to sink it. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy, or are you going to bite? Brett, delusional is okay in your worldview. I'm an animal. You don't chastise chickens for being delusional. You don't chastise pigs for being delusional. So you calling me delusional using your worldview is perfectly okay. It doesn't really hurt. <laughs> she hung up on me. Yeah! Yes! What? What? Desperate times call for faithful men and not for careful men. The careful men come later and write the biographies of the faithful men, lauding them for their courage. Go into all the world and make disciples. Not go into the world and make buddies. Not to make brosives. Right. Don't go in the world and make homies. Right. Disciples. I got, yeah. I got a bit of a jiggle neck. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke, Pastor. When we have the real message of truth, we cannot let somebody say they're speaking truth when yeah. they're not. Take an amazing journey to a place that will blow your mind and move your heart so you will never be the same again. A fool's lips walk into a fight and his mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is his ruin and his lips are a snare to his soul. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the innermost and the inner parts of the body. If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. That's Proverbs 18, y'all. Go check it out. Welcome back to another episode of Apologia Radio. This is the gospel heard around the world, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, get more at ApologiaStudios.com, A-P-O-L-O-G-I-A Studios.com. Go there. Get all the episodes you have provoked, Sheologians, Cultish, Apologia Radio, so many episodes, hundreds of episodes, radio shows, podcasts, all that stuff. You can also sign up for All Access and partner with us in this ministry, everything happening here, whether it's the evangelism, on-the-street evangelism, the teaching ministry of the church, really end abortion now stuff, all that. If, if you want to be a part of what we're doing, uh, sign up for all access and you get all kinds of nifty gifties, extra stuff. Apologia all access. You get the after show, the TV show, Apologia Academy and more is coming. We just have like a two hour meeting with the team about a very special project coming up in, uh, we're starting to, to film very soon. And, uh, we think you're really, really, really going to enjoy it. Uh, we're very excited about this. And uh, we'll announce more as we get closer, but it's going to be a special uh, project for our all-access partners and ministry. So uh, if you're part of what as God is doing here, uh, thank you uh, for all of our all-access partners. You guys make everything we do possible, so thank you for that. And as we announce every week, make sure you guys sign up for Bonson U. It's Bonson U. It is free, 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 free. If you want to get uh, the best theological training philosophy training, apologetics training, church history training, all that, literally uh, a seminary level uh, course training. You can get it for free from one of the greatest in the history of the church, Dr. Greg Bonson. The Bonson family entrusted us with his life's work. And so whether it was a seminary classes, seminary programs, or whether it was the church teaching stuff through books of the Bible, it is all available at Bonson U. More and more is coming all the time, getting uploaded all the time. And so get your free account. And uh, thank you again to our All Access Partners who make even that possible to be for free for everybody. So thank you guys so very much. Uh, I'm Jeff. They call me a ninja. That's Luke the Bear right what there. Up. Is that free like like uh, student loan forgiveness free? 
It's a different kind of freedom. Like, we really mean that for the person, it's totally free. And everybody else who's, who's making it possible is giving voluntarily. Yeah. They're giving voluntarily. Yeah. To participate and to bless the world, kind of like Christ not, dying on the cross, not coercion, sort of a thing. not coercion. Yeah, we're not spreading the dead around where people are saying, right. "I freely yeah. offer myself to make this free." Yeah, for you. And I appreciate the clarification. Yeah, there seems uh, to be some confusion about in the culture right now on forgiveness. What free is right, and forgiveness. People and, love, people love, love, love to say, yeah. "Keep religion out of politics and get your religion out of the state." But in moments like this, and moments during the the the, the last uh, the pandemic situation, people were. But, but no, you gotta you gotta not go to church because you gotta love your neighbor, like yeah. Jesus says. You gotta not do this because you gotta love your neighbor. You gotta wear the face diaper. You gotta wear the face diaper because Jesus. Very pious because, hands. Because Jesus. <laughs> because Jesus says, and you know, keep keep Christianity out of the state, except where we're going to take debt and transfer debt to generations. Yeah and make it oppressive to others and uh, take that that debt slavery and put it on others then you know when you when you that happens everyone says because jesus yeah because jesus would really want you because jesus forgave people of their debt yeah which actually is true but when jesus forgave people of their debt it's finished yeah. and it was actually erased and he paid the ultimate sacrifice for that and willingly and willingly he did it voluntarily right he did exactly. it exactly right and not under like compulsion <laughs> he was he, he wasn't coerced to do right. it no one takes my life from me i lay it down of my own accord Bingo. sort of a thing and so student I, I, I a quick answer to the student loan stuff it's crazy <sighs> debt slavery spread to my children and your children and our grandchildren via taxation is not forgiveness it's not related to forgiveness. It is a transference of debt slavery to even more victims. Yep. There's the Christian response. There's something that where you're looking through the Word of God to see it. That's that's what's going on yeah. there. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail. No, it's good. Welcome just, to the show, everybody. The 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 Christians, and I say that loosely, that have been saying it's the same thing. Literally, I wanted to pound my head into the wall when I saw some of those tweets. Yeah. And I was just like, I, one, you don't understand basic economics, and two, you don't understand Christ's sacrifice for <laughs> that's, our sins. That's right, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, sorry. Um, do you remember the game Battleship? Did you play that when you were a kid? Heck yeah, Battleship. That game was awesome. All right? the time. I used to love that game. With yeah. the little, little, little ships. Now yeah. they can do it digitally. I yeah. think I've played it on some airplanes. Um, do you think, would you own a private Battleship if you could? <laughs> Like yeah, I guess if somebody was like here, they're like, hey, you want a, your own battleship? I I probably would take it. Yeah, I don't know how what I would do with it. Yeah, yeah, sail the seven seas, sail the seven something. seas. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Just curious. Yeah, uh, I definitely would. You, um, yeah, I can. You, I can see you. I definitely. I can see you commanding your own battleship. <laughs> I can see that, Captain Luke. Um, man, He's, I hope we don't need private battleships. You strike in me our as somebody who could appropriately be named Skipper. I can, I can, I feel that about you. Why? I don't know. It just because you're, you're, you're a large. Oh, because like Gilligan's. You're skipper? a large, yeah. mass of okay, a man with you. a big old beard. Okay. I can see you with like a yellow, like yellow raincoat on, would... standing on the edge of a ship with a pipe, and it would make sense. Like yeah. I, if it was in a film, I'd believe it. I go, yeah, he's a skipper. I'd want a different name though. Yeah. I uh, like different than Luke. No, than Skipper. Oh. Uh, you would need more like a. I don't know. I just feel like if you were gonna do like, that, you need like a Swedish name. Like like Johansson or something like that. I don't know. Hey, so I'm working on uh, I'm I'm way off today. Forgive me. Um 
we've been working on some some sea shanties for Reform Con. You know, I Matthew heard one I, of them is phenomenal. Yeah, and so uh, can Ma- I play one of them now? Um, Actually, I have it. Which one? Hey, Matthew, send me it. The new one? I don't know if it's the new one. Uh, it's not going to hurt to play it, right? No, that's fine. So he, I told him that he and and Gabe Johnson are going to, love you, Gabe, shout out, they're going to lead it, and they need to come dress as pirates. And I gave them really cool pirate names. I told them they should come as Johnny Mac Sparrow and Free Will Turner. <laughs> Free Will Turner. That's awesome. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, did he just recently send it to you? Yeah, Sunday after church. He oh, told yeah. me he was okay, so on that, it, yeah. I just wrote I, I wrote the lyrics and he did the it's Psalm one eleven. Do your anyway, do your, do so your I'm thing. Sorry. I apologize, Armored Republic, yeah, because that was supposed to be. Free. This is this Facebook is acting real weird now. It's like loading. Uh, forever, so, so yeah. Bye. So the point I was trying to get to was that uh, when the United States in 1776 resisted British tyranny, they used private battleships. So that's kind of how they won the war and hopefully we don't have to employ the same tactics to the tyranny we're now facing in the form of uh loan forgiveness um but private battleships are a tool of liberty they equip men to resist tyranny another tool of liberty is body armor a defensive tool so you can stay in the fight for as long as possible at armored republic we stand for aiming free our arming <laughs> it's not aiming at arming Free men with body armor so they can resist tyranny for Christ the King. I love it. Christ the King. Check out our website at AR500Armor.com. Sign up for, for our email list. Equip yourself. Join the Armored Republic today. And believe me, they constantly have deals. Constantly. Actually, they have a new hybrid uh, hybrid plates that I need I need to get a hold of. Because they're like strong as the steel plates, but they're like, they don't weigh nearly as much. Yeah. Yeah. Not I the ceramic. That. They're not. I love the... those guys. Anyways. Yeah. Armored Republic, y'all. Sadly, solid, solid. It's been a long <laughs> it's, day. It's been, it's been a long it's day. Already. Words. We've already been using words. a lot, many words, many words, and now they're escaping us. Uh, Armored Republic, amazing, godly, godly dudes over there. Great, great work they're doing uh, for the glory of God. And uh, you know, um, we have a lot to talk about today. I know, uh, admittedly, some of you guys are watching right now. You're like, what in the world is going on? Uh, and you know we're a little lighthearted at the start here because it's about to get it's about to get nasty, uh, dirty, ugly, and uh, the title of the program today is abortion porn, Stacey Abrams and godly wisdom on the internet. So we're going to do our very best to get through these, um, and I want to give you all as friends a very serious warning. Um, and uh, I've got Pastor Luke next to me. I got another pastor visiting who's watching the show live live right now here in the studio. Um, and they've heard it, and I know they would agree with me uh, by warning you, do take this very seriously. I'm going to play something, and I'm not going to sanitize it, because I'm not helping these women. Um, I'm not going to help them. I'm not going to help their cause. I'm going to expose the unfruitful works of darkness, and um, I'm not sanitizing it. So I'm going to play a short clip, and it's uh, two women talking about abortion and abortion porn. And um, I just want to warn you, and please take me seriously on this. This is the most, some of the most vile stuff you will it's, hear in your entire bad. human life. Um, it is horrible. It is ugly. It is disgusting. And I'm not going to sanitize it. And so um, if you want to come back to this later or just turn it down, when I, I'm not going to get to playing it yet, but when I get to playing it, um, and make sure you don't have children around. You cannot listen to this in public. You cannot listen to this at work. It is not safe for work for sure. 
Um, and so just I'll give you a warning ahead of time when we're starting to play it. So right now you can hang on. Uh, just be ready to turn it down if you have little ears around yeah. you or if you're in sensitive location. But I'm not going to sanitize it at all. I'm going to I'm going to help. And so I don't know what happened. Is this just pop up here? What happened here? Why is my face popping up? Um. <laughs> hey, tech team, why all of a sudden is the Reform Con commercial coming up? Did you accidentally start it over? No, I don't think so. Is it is it just on mine? Is that is it showing it's, me? No, not okay, on Okay, I'm fine. Okay. You All might right. have accidentally bumped it to the beginning. I might have done that. Okay. So, uh, sorry about that, guys. Uh, something was going weird on my screen there. So, uh, before we get into that, let's, uh, let's, you know, it's going to be a rough show. So, let's, uh, let's do something fun. Have you seen, Luke, have you seen the, um, the uh, videos where the guy takes internet drama and he oh turns gosh, it into yes. music? This yes. guy's a genius. She's a, She's a Christian lady. <laughs> she, she a Christian lady. Uh, this is really fun. This is really fun. So we're going to do something fun here to yeah, start. Some just of them do have some language. Just we want time, to keep but... our sanity. I'm not going to play anyone's with it, the language. I'm just so giving just, one to heads up. So oh, they don't... when they go to it. Yeah. yeah. There's, and it's, you know, it's, there's a couple, there's probably like six or eight of these out right now. But what this guy does is he's actually really, really good. He's, he's very, great. he's very talented, great singer. He takes internet drama where people are like arguing with each other or arguing in the comment threads or arguing in personal messages, and he turns it into songs. Yeah. And he does an amazing job with it. So this one is funny. It's, uh, I'll, I'll just play it for you. Here we go. Good evening. Is this available? Yes, it is. He said, the thanks. When he does the songs, he does it with all the misspellings yeah. intact. And so, uh, have you seen the butter one? Maybe. Okay, this one's really good. This is, uh, I, I just need butter. Someone's asking for oh, butter. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw this one. Yes, yeah. Please help. I'm out of butter. Please drop a stick at the corner of pain and fear. Between two Oh man, yeah. is this the one? Hold on, hold on. Let me, just, let me see if it's the one. Yes. Okay. So this is. I'll, I'll leave. Uh, he did, he does so well. He he even got this on a late night show. Oh wow. Um, it's 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 Fallon. Okay. Um, and uh, this is one of those things where they ask the question of uh, uh, it's it's the you know the the poll like what what do you like yeah, yeah. what what's your favorite salad dressing? Here we go. Which salad dressing is your favorite? 
can steak has blue cheese dressing. Blue cheese has mold in it. Blue cheese. Blue cheese has mold in it. Blue cheese. Blue cheese has mold in it. Ranch is good. Blue cheese. There is mold in blue cheese grows. Depends a lot on what kind of salad I put it on. I imagine raspberry tastes good with chicken and turkey. Nuts and seeds and fruit while chunky blue cheese might be yummy with tuna perhaps. Personally, I like honey mustard dressing. Oh, so you <laughs> it's hilarious. I mean, people, they're just out of control on the internet. She, That's great. She can't keep her opinion to herself. It has mold. She just keeps texting on it. Yeah. Mold, mold, mold. I don't think you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> That's moldy. Chunky oh, mold. There you go. So, That's uh, great. The guy's super talented. He takes some of the funniest interactions. Um, okay, so here we go. Uh, we're going to jump into it. So this... Again, if you're just hopping on here, you have uh, you've got to take me seriously on this. You have got to watch your surrounding right now. Surroundings, you got to listen. You got to watch the ears that are around you right now. Um, I again, I I'm not going to sanitize this. I'm going to expose it for what it is, because I think it's the sanitizing of it that has gotten us to a place as a church where we've accepted the heresy of the pro-life establishment. The heresy of the pro-life establishment is their doctrine that the woman and the father who kills the child in the womb is uh, is in not guilty. They mm -hmm. are victims themselves. Uh, because we've sanitized what takes place at the abortion facility and what takes place at the, the in front of the abortion mills, um, we've we've basically duped Christians into thinking that it actually is true that women who kill their children in the womb are victims. Now, not every woman who does this looks like these two women you're about to see. However, this is the heart behind it all. And so I'm not sanitizing it. And so I'm just going to give you a warning. What you're going to hear is probably one of the most disturbing things you're ever going to hear in your entire life. Um, uh, and uh, please take it seriously. So um, here we go. I'm going to pull this up here. Where did I put that video? Here we go. Let me just get this nice and wide for everybody. And uh, make sure that's all good to go. Okay, so let me... No, that doesn't work. Okay, hold on. Um, there. How do you... Okay, there's... I think that's how we do it. Sorry, guys. I couldn't find the video on YouTube. I could only find it on um, uh, Facebook. There we go. I got it working now. Okay. So, again, here we go. Uh, please take what I say very seriously, everybody. Um, title of the video today is Abortion Porn, and you're probably wondering what in the world does that mean, and you're going to hear about yep, it right find now. Out. Between the two, having experienced both, I'm very much like, you know what? The surgical one was pretty big, girl. I did it without the anesthesia. Well, the local anesthesia. Mm -hmm. I didn't go under. Like, I stayed awake. I wanted the whole experience of it. I'm like, I want to look into your face when you're sucking that out of my body. That's fucking kind of hot. <sighs> Why you're is like that, that hot? While I'm, like, up I... in freaking stirrups, and I'm just, like, <sighs> 21, and just, like, mmm. Mm. But your pussy yeah. looked really good where they pulled that dead baby out of it. Yeah, you know, they just, this could be a fetish. Wait a minute. Vacuum the whole thing out. Wait a minute. Only, Does Abortion Spa also have an OnlyFans? OnlyFans abortions to help women pay for their fucking abortions. If people are into that, there's a fetish for that, to watch bloody fucking guts come out of a pussy. Somebody is into that. Is this how we make abortions okay in capitalism? Is it is because like the, we've got to find a way to not only, you know, the doctors are getting paid and it's safe and that, yes, 
Yes. 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 But also, let's feed it back to into the, the machine the and like get the com- OnlyFans going. OnlyFans yeah. paying the insurance companies. You know that there is somebody that would fucking come to watching a fucking dead baby come out of a The pussy. more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm really looking forward to Porn 30 today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't have any abortions. I'm so sorry. There's, we, we need to create an animated, like, fetish subgenre of, like, abortion porn. If you're thinking of it, there's got to already be a porn. <sighs> well, it's probably on, like, the deep web. I have to go, like, looking on tour for it. Victims. There. There's the victims of the pro-life establishment. You know, it's, it's interesting because as, as disturbing as that is to hear and to watch, um, it's not something that overly shocks Luke and I. We've stood outside the, oh, abortion. Yeah. We've We've stood outside the abortion mill. We've heard the women. We've heard what they've said back to us. We go to the places where they're actually killing these children, and you see the heart behind it. And so when we see something like that, obviously it's graphic, it's horrifying, but there's the heart. There's those who hate me love death. That's what scripture says. Those who hate me love death. And there it is. And you might be saying like, why, why, why show it? And the answer is because abortion is not criminal anywhere in this nation. It's not criminalized anywhere in this nation. Yeah, Roe v. Wade is overturned. Needed to be overturned. Praise God for that. But they threw it back to the states and they said, you deal with it. And so some states, yeah, they have trigger laws and they're making it difficult for some abortion facilities to stay open. But it's still completely legal in those states. And right. as a matter of fact, it is, uh, you have the, we have the full approval of the establishment, the pro-life establishment, to go ahead and kill your baby with a DIY abortion. Because the establishment has taught people the heresy, the false doctrine that the woman who kills her child in the womb is herself a victim. She's not guilty. She doesn't need Christ for forgiveness for her abortion. Uh, and yeah, that's that's the truth, because she's a victim. Right. So she doesn't need the gospel for her abortion. She doesn't need the cleansing of Christ for her abortion. She is not guilty for her abortion. She is never to be seen as criminal for her abortion. And if you do not believe me... Uh, then let me show you one of the leaders uh, in the establishment. This is Brent Leatherwood at the most recent SBC meeting, members meeting in Anaheim. Uh, this is where he was challenged by Pastor Brian Gunter. Uh, Pastor Brian Gunter was who we worked together with in Louisiana to get our bill in that would have brought equal protection for all humans in the state of Louisiana, would have criminalized and abolished it. Uh, but the ERLC specifically Brent Leatherwood, uh, signed onto a document uh, that was shipped off to uh, every state state legislature in the country and for them. Uh, and it specifically went to our legislators on the day of the vote on the floor to talk them out of passing our bill. Right. Brent Leatherwood is behind that. So when we say to you, this is this needs to be exposed, we need to stop sanitizing this, here's one of the proponents of the heresy uh, of the establishment that says that she herself is a victim and she should never be criminalized for killing her own child in the womb. This is him in his own words. The reality. You're not going to get me to say that I want to throw mothers behind bars. That's not the view of this entity. That is not the view of this convention. It is not the view of the pro-life movement. That was proven yet again today. So, uh, first of all, uh, he's wrong, uh, and uh, he's either lying or he's ignorant. Both are a problem, mm-hmm. being the head of the ERLC, part of the SBC, Southern Baptist Convention. Brent Leatherwood's either ignorant or he's lying. Um, and what I mean by that, 
well, first of all, it's manipulation to say, you're not going to get me to say that I want to throw women uh, in jail. Uh, Mr. Leatherwood, finish the sentence. Finish the sentence. You should have said, because this is actually what we're talking about, you're not going to get me to say that I want to throw women who kill their children in the wombs in jail. That, right. that would be finishing the sentence. That would be actually contextualizing it. Right. That would be being honest about it. But rather than being honest about it, you're using emotional manipulation to get applause from people by saying, we don't want to throw mothers in jail. We don't want to throw women in jail. I mean, who wants to throw mama in jail? Who wants to throw the sister in jail? And, you know, when you hear that kind of, it's, it's, it's like the left constantly does with, with everything, yeah. right? Like the um, Inflation Recovery Act. Does it recover anything in inflation? No. Like, what's it paying for? Well, all these other things that really have nothing to do with inflation. But they know how to manipulate the populace. They know how to. People are hurting because of inflation. Let's call this bill an Inflation Recovery Act. And they'll be behind it. They'll appreciate that you're trying to help them. And you look inside of you like, it's got nothing to do with inflation. It's not going to help with anything. It's like, well, pass the bill because we got what we wanted by using emotion, emotional manipulation. And that's all this was, was emotional manipulation. And as I've said before, quickly, and then Luke, I want to hear what you have to say here. Yeah. Um, try it some, with something else. Try it with something else. Imagine for a second, the SBC was just entrenched with this awful situation of uh, not handling sex abuse cases correctly. Um, and imagine in this context, having to ask the question about, well, we believe in the gospel for sinners, but don't we also want those sinners to be like handled by the state when they commit crimes? Mm. Now imagine in the context of the SBC dealing with inappropriately handling sex abuse cases, somebody said, well, I want the gospel for those guys that, that do that, but I also believe they should be punished by the state. And someone comes up to like, well, don't we believe in the gospel for these men? And then Brett Leatherwood comes up in that context and goes, look, look, you're not going to get me to say that I want to throw fathers and husbands in jail. We'll finish the sentence. Everyone knows, wait a second, you should have finished the sentence. We're talking about fathers and husbands that molested children. Why, why'd you do that? Why'd you leave that part out of it? Well, you, you would only leave that part out of it because you're trying to emotionally carry this. You're trying to emotionally manipulate people, which is all Brent Leatherwood was doing there. And when I say ignorant or lying, Brent Leatherwood was ignorant or lying, I'm, I'm not just trying to be abusive to the man. This is a serious situation. This isn't a public square. This man helped to kill a bill that would have provided equal protection for all humans in the womb in Louisiana. Brent Leatherwood is responsible for dead babies in Louisiana today. Today, he's responsible. Okay? So this isn't a personal beef that I have with Brent Leatherwood, right? right. This isn't internet gossip. He has his signature, ERLC, on that document that was passed out to our legislators the day of the vote to encourage them not to pass it. He's yeah. responsible. He has blood on his hands. So when I say he's ignorant or he's lying, when he says it's not the position at this convention, I'm sorry. See, I actually was in Nashville the year prior to this for the members meeting where the Southern Baptist Convention members voted for abolition and equal protection. I was there for that. That vote happened, and it passed. So actually, the position voted on by the members was the position you are opposing. So you're ignorant, because maybe you just didn't know, or you're lying, because it actually was the position mm -hmm. of the Southern Baptist Convention. So you're ignorant, or you're lying. Both are bad. So which is it? So um, 
there you go. So if someone says, why would you play such a horrible video about abortion porn? Because of him, because of people like him, because the establishment is actually working against the gospel proclamation in the area of abortion. And they're literally, literally, literally fighting against bills that would establish justice for the preborn by lying to the Christian church about women who kill their babies. They're lying. We've played videos for you all the time. We have whole videos where we have just like two minutes of women outside of abortion mills bragging about murdering their children, mm. delighting in what they're going to do, happy about it, happy about the option to murder their child in the womb, calling it murder and, and reveling in the fact that it's murder. And so we have to overcome it by not sanitizing it. Tell the truth. Start exposing it. Expose those unfruitful, unfruitful deeds of darkness. Show it to the world. I know it's hard to hear. I hate to play it. I hate to take time on the, on the show to play it, but it came across and we needed to make sure the church saw it. I'd want to ask Leatherwood, uh, mother of what? Right? He's like, I don't want to throw the mothers in jail. Mother of what? Yeah. Uh, a murdered baby? You know, and so obviously we know they're the pro-life industry's whole thing is that mothers don't know they've been tricked. You know, they don't know that it's an actual baby, and you know that's why we played that clip because oh no, those those awful awful ladies know exactly what it is. They said dead baby. They know what it is. They know what they're doing. Guts. Yeah, it's Guts, it's not a matter baby. of them not knowing. It's a matter of them reveling in what it is. And it's disgusting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Those who hate me love death. Yep. And there it is. The Those who hate God love death. And that was a love of death, of, of rejoicing over death. Read the Proverbs, book of Proverbs. Right now we're doing our study through the book of Proverbs at Apologia Church, verse by verse. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was going to mention this, how important it is for us to understand the wisdom, godly wisdom. Um, I'm grateful to God that we get used... Um, in any way to, to serve Christ and to glorify him and teach. Mm. And um, we need to be faithful always, regardless of who's watching. Yeah, You need to be faithful regardless of the, the size of the crowd. Jesus would whittle his disciples back down to 12 again after thousands because it, it, it wasn't important to Jesus to have a huge mass of people who were false believers, false brethren. Yeah. Um, he wanted to make sure that his followers were identified as those who understood the message of the gospel. Like, where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. They understood, so they stick around, but the crowd leaves. Um, so it doesn't matter how many people are standing there in terms of the truthfulness of it or the effectiveness of it. You know, God uh, grows his kingdom as, from a mustard seed to a large tree. And so it looks very small in the hand, but it becomes devastating and fills the, the earth. Um, but it's interesting, our series in the book of Proverbs has had the least amount of views of, of all the series and all the teaching that we've done, whether on Reformed Theology or the Gospel according to Matthew. People don't want that wisdom, though. And I'm saying, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's the least popular sermon series that we have, because I think... It hurts. It, it, it Yeah. <laughs> Because I think, you know, um, we are so, unfortunately, all of us um, are so f much not focused upon the application, the real outworking of God's knowledge and God's truth in our lives that actually gets legs on it. We're so not concerned with being able to actually uh, accomplish this and, mm. and, and live it out. 
uh, were very happy. I think if we if we confess to this, and I've had to repent of this in my past, we are very happy to have a head full of deep theological knowledge. We like to wax long about theological truths, and we even like to, as young men who are very zealous, impress people with all our theological yes, knowledge yeah. and our abilities and our apologetics abilities and all the rest. And uh, we don't really consider like God has a lot to say in his word about wisdom and how important that is. And I think we're going to talk about that today, hopefully on the show, uh, that playing out like on the internet, in the age of the internet, this is all new to all of us, admit it, it's new to all of us. We're quite comfortable with abandoning wisdom and throwing off God's standards when it comes to like internet gossip or internet slander or engaging yourselves, engaging ourselves in behavior online that we would know instinctively isn't appropriate in the context of the, it's not appropriate in the context of personal relationships or the local church. We'd never do it there, but we're totally happy spreading stories online, not hearing both sides, not knowing all the facts, and just talking about it freely and spreading the stories online with just such a lack of wisdom. And I think that's it's key for us as Christians to to get to know the book of Proverbs. It's just it'll it'll it will it'll change your life. I mean, if you invest yourself in the book of Proverbs to say, Lord, I want to be wise. I want to glorify you. I want to walk with you and trust in you. And I want this to actually look like you want it in my life. Yeah. If we invest ourselves in that, it'll it'll change you. It'll change you dramatically. Mm. It really will. Just one a day. Just one a day. One those ladies could use a little Proverbs thirty one if you know what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Uh so I'm gonna play this um yeah, let's we'll hop into this. Yeah. So I'm gonna play this real fast. And while it's playing, I'm gonna actually take a bathroom break. So I'm gonna try to run. because <laughs> uh, I want everyone to see this. And you'll see why in a moment why we're playing this. This is a news report about a transgender activist uh who was complaining about these waxing studios and waxing uh businesses because uh they wouldn't wax him. Um and so you guys might have remembered this in the news. It was all over the news for a good period of time. Uh, and here is one of the news reports. This is the latest salon that's facing a complaint from Jessica Yaniff, the transgender woman who's already complained to BC's Human Rights Tribunal about 15 other salons, complaints that were dismissed. And in three of those, she was fined, fines she has yet to pay. In this latest case, Yaniff sent the salon these Facebook messages in August asking about waxing services. First a Brazilian, then just a leg wax, adding she's transgender. The salon's owner, a practicing Sikh, told her they only waxed women. You're asking for an East Indian woman who is an adherent to the Sikh religion to take somebody who has a biological male body into the back of the salon and have that person disrobe from the waist down and then have this individual, the service provider, provide this very personal service. Yana filed a complaint two months later claiming discrimination. She wants $25,000 for the injury to her dignity and self-respect. It's a similar pattern to some of her previous 15 complaints, behavior that the Human Rights Tribunal found to be in bad faith, motivated by a desire to target small businesses for personal financial gain and to punish racialized women based on the perception that South Asian and Asian communities are taking over. She was found to have acted like a predator. Trans rights advocate Morgan Auger is critical of Yaniv's behavior. Whereas everybody has every right to live free of discrimination, no one has the right to trap others into bad situations. We are expected not to go hunting for badness. 
and she believes Yaniv's actions have instead raised fears about the transgender community, calling it detrimental. We've seen the amount of hatred against trans people significantly increase. Uh, uh, Jessica's conduct online has been conflated with transphobia. Oje thinks that the issue is a legitimate one, but that Yaniv shouldn't be the one to bring the case forward, adding that workers have a right as well to turn down work that can cause undue hardship. A hearing date has yet to be set. Leanne Young, CBC News, Vancouver. So there you go. So that was uh, uh, a while back. I mean, goodness, that was 2020, January 8th, 2020. That news report was January. Yeah, it feels like it was even longer than that. I know. It feels like it was a long time ago. So, yeah, it was years ago. And... Um, all over the news, and much more happened uh, after this all took place. You can look up, um, you can look up uh, Jessica Yaniv, Y A N I V, on uh, YouTube or whatever, and you'll just see there's just a slew of stuff like uh, violent reactions and all kinds of stuff. Interesting to watch. Uh, I think she was actually once she talked to Alex Jones. Uh, she sorry he he, he sorry he the dude in the, the dress. The name Jessica threw me there. Sorry, <laughs> he talked to Alex Jones. Um, I did find it ironic that the other dude in the dress, his last name was Ogre. Really? Just, but they were pronouncing it Ogre, but it was like O G E R. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, just yeah. Yeah. For what it's worth. For what it's worth. Um, so. The reason we're we're doing this is we're thinking as pastors like how do you how do we start like adding wisdom into uh, a discussion about wisdom and it's I think it's so important because and I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna, I'm not going to mention I'm not going to mention names anything like that at all but you know fairly recently uh, well very recently there was a situation of a well known uh, pastor a teacher online uh, required to step down from his church. And uh, articles are shared, and everyone just starts to speculate. And uh, here's the thing. Um, I'm not going to talk about it. Add my two cents. Here's why. I don't know anything. Yeah. I don't know anything. And neither do you. It's pure speculation. It would just be speculation. And if we start sharing stories online and trying to throw our, you know, our hat in there and say, well, I think it's this or I think it's that, what are we doing? What are we doing? Like, well, how, why are we so comfortable as Christians in the 21st century? Why are we so comfortable with gossip online? Like, we don't think that's sinful. You know what I mean? Like, we have, you know, certain sins where these, these are big no-nos. But for some reason, we think that, like, online, uh, you know, getting away with uh, gossip and slander is, uh, these are the acceptable sins. Yeah. These are the respectable sins online. Uh, Christians, we can do that. We can talk trash about somebody. We could not know the whole story. We could just, you know, uh, speculate and, and make assumptions. And here's the truth. Uh, these situations like this, uh, you're, not, you're not in that church, probably. You're not privy to what the elders are privy to. You don't mm -hmm. know, and you don't know all the details. All you know is like maybe a piece of a detail that was shared that gets blown out of proportion. And here's the point. Sometimes it's best just to say this, I don't know. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, add my, I'm not going to add, you know, my thoughts on it because I do not know. And, and there's wisdom in that. Uh, wisdom is this. Uh, I read at the beginning for a reason. Proverbs 18. Uh, I, I love how this is put too. Did you hear? I, I started a little higher because um, a fool's mouth, verse seven, is his ruin and his lips are a snare to his soul. Mm. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. Yeah. They go down into the inner parts of the body. 
Uh, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. In other words, if you if you give your answer before you've heard and mm-hmm. you know all the details, it, what's it saying? You should be ashamed of yourself and you are foolish. You don't know both sides and you're giving an answer, you're giving a response. Why? Because you want to look like you know a bunch of stuff? Why? It, it's all it's all pride. You know, when we try to throw ourselves into something not knowing all the details, um, not knowing both sides, not knowing all the facts uh, in, a, in a personal situation that like we're talking about, it's it's shameful. You should be ashamed of yourself, and you should recognize the foolishness of it. You don't know both sides, and this te- this text keeps going because this is where the famous one is, and this is key. Uh, verse seventeen of Proverbs eighteen says this: the one who states his case first sounds seems right. Mm-hmm. And that we all recognize that. You hear someone's story, and you're like, man, that that's terrible. Like what happened to you is awful. Pastors deal with this all the time. You have someone come in, like a husband comes in and shares like, oh, this is going on in my marriage. And he's so passionate about it. He's got all these different facts and evidences. And you're like, dang, is that really happening in the home? Oh, that's terrible. That's a terrible situation. And then the wife comes in and then you hear her side. Yeah. And you're like, very different. Oh, there's a lot of details here that just were not shared by the husband there. And so, and, and, and that happens in court too. That's why in court you have the Christian standard of cross-examination in our courts. That comes from Moses, by the way. So th- thank God for the law of God and culture and society. And apparently we want that sort of a thing, cross-examination, a demand for cross-examination of the accusers and witnesses. You have to cross-examine them because well, lo and behold, we live in a fallen world and people lie, right? Or sometimes people are just mistaken. And so you have to have cross-examination. And so godly wisdom says... The one who states his case first first seems right until the other comes and examines him, right? So like, what do you have as a principle here of godly wisdom? It's that um, don't give an answer before you've heard. Don't give an answer before you really understand and know. Otherwise, you should be ashamed and it's foolishness. And sometimes one person's side sounds totally right until you actually hear the other side. And you're like, oh, wait a second, this changes the entire situation. And so godly wisdom, uh, most of the time, I think in situations like this, is, it's basically uh, be quiet. Shut up. Yeah. Don't say anything. You don't need to. Don't whisper. Don't gossip. Don't slander. Um, and you, know, there, you also have godly wisdom in the Proverbs. It talks about uh, the person uh, who... Um, who gets involved in a quarrel that is not his own is also a fool. Um, so I think on the internet, we have to be super aware of the fact that, you know, while this is on a screen and we're using our fingers and not our lips and tongues, it's, it's still, yeah. well, I, I've put it this way. Jesus says in the last day, people are going to be held accountable for every idle word. Um, and I would say, well, in the modern, you could say on the last day, people will be held accountable for every click. Right, every tap of the finger, every keystroke, it all counts too. And there's a day of judgment, and we have to make sure that we're living in such a way that we're glorifying God and using wisdom. So all that to say, that's a lead-in. Uh, uh, we wouldn't usually respond to things like this. We would just ignore it, and just we know there's a God who judges justly, and uh, we entrust ourselves to one who judges righteously. But we thought actually it'd be a good it'd be a good thing to talk about in terms of like providing something valuable in terms of godly wisdom. So when all this stuff was happening with uh, the dude that wanted women to wax his testicles, his genitals, that's what we're talking about. It's all over the news. When that was going on, uh, I was up north and I had a conversation to sit down with two other pastors, Pastor Douglas Wilson and Pastor Toby Sumter. 
And uh, I was like, well, we're here. Let's let's talk about like let's try to provide some pastoral input here. And so we brought up the uh, disturbing and crazy and just wonky situation of a man yeah. demanding that a stranger wax his testicles. We brought it up because it's all over the news. It's what everybody was talking yeah. about. It's the front front page of everything. And uh, so I come across this video. And the title of the video is Jeff Durbin and Doug Wilson have a beer. First, I saw it and I go, huh? Wait, what? And so I played through a, a, a little bit of the beginning and I and it, I remember the scene and it was where I was up north and I sat with the two guys and we were in Tapped, downtown Moscow. Yeah. Now, Tapped, downtown Moscow, great food. Mm-hmm. And one of my very favorite things about that place is they their, root beer, their root beer mm-hmm. on tap. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm a huge root beer fan. I love root beer, but I only want to go for like the high-end root beer. So I don't drink like A&W with high fructose corn syrup and all the bad ones. Like I want the guys who are like craft root beer and like on tap is like my jam. And so Tapped has some of the best on tap root beer I've ever had anywhere. So I was super excited to sit down with the guys and to have a root beer. And I think I actually drank like three or four of them in in this one thing we filmed. So in excess. In very much excessive, but I'm not there <laughs> often enough. So I was like, I'm just gonna go ahead and gorge myself. If so, anything, it was gluttony, not drunkenness. Yeah, let's exactly. just be clear. Okay. Let's just let's just be honest. Let's have integrity and just say what it is what it is. Okay. <laughs> I did I might have been a little bit of gluttony. I don't know. Um uh so Jeff Durbin and Doug Wilson have a beer. And I thought to myself, man, the lack of wisdom. To, to not have all the information, to, to give an answer before you've heard. The principle there is you don't know, and you're making assumptions, mm-hmm. and you're, you're putting input and making accusations uh, before you even have all the facts. So actually, in this, this scene, you're going to see it in a moment here, uh, Jeff Durbin and Douglas Wilson did not sit down together to have a beer together. Uh, Doug and Toby had a beer, and they didn't even have a lot of beer. As a matter of fact, when this conversation kicked off, I think they had just put the beers down. So nobody was inebriated. Nobody drank too much. Um, And uh, we had really just sat down. And I was drinking root beer the whole time, too much root beer. I wasn't drinking a beer with Doug. Not that there's a problem with enjoying the blessing of like wine and beer in a way that's pleasing to God and glorifying to God. Not that there's a problem with with doing those things. Like I, we've talked before, I'm not going to make this whole show about this, but, you know, Jesus puts wine on the table. Jesus was accused of being a, um, a, a drunkard, um, not because he was drinking grape juice publicly, but because clearly he was drinking wine. They're lying about Jesus. They were slandering yeah. him, saying, well, he's look, look, he's a drunk. He's a drunk. Yeah, Why? How can you make that accusation if Jesus wasn't actually drinking wine? Of course he was. But also the well, law. they are calling you a drunk when you had root beer. So. Yeah, they are. That happens. People <laughs> slander. People slander. Uh, so also the law of God, and and we've done shows on this. I'm not going to belabor it today, except to say, God says in His Word, in His law, when He's talking about His people coming to do this big this big worship festival and feast, He actually tells His people like, as you're carrying stuff, like if it, if it's too heavy to carry to this place that I I tell you to go, you know, uh, sell your wine, turn it into money. And when you get to the place of this of this worship and this festival and this feasting, then you can buy anything you want, wine or even strong drink. That's coming from God, telling people, come and celebrate and feast. 
And yeah, and then when you get there, buy anything your heart desires, wine or strong drink. He's t- this is from God. So if our if our standard around alcohol makes God look like he's sinning, our standard is wrong. Not God. Okay? So I'm not here doing the, you know, can Christians drink thing. I'm talking about godly wisdom on the internet. Mm. The accusation was Jeff Durbin and Doug Wilson have a beer. Well, I had a root beer. Multiple root beers. <laughs> a lot of root beer. Delicious. If you ever get to Moscow, downtown, go to Tap, get some root beer. You'll see exactly why I was drinking it. So I wanted to play this. Here we go. So one of my subscribers reached out to me and sent me this clip and they wanted me to give my own personal take on it. And that's what I plan to do with this video. Now, before I begin, I want to make it clear that I have no issue with Jeff Durbin. I do believe him to be a solid brother in the faith who I do regard as a biblical teacher. Now, regarding Doug Wilson. Just pause there for a second. I appreciate that, brother. I do. Um, and And I don't want you to, if you see this, I don't want you to see it as anything other than a brother trying to speak to a brother, say, hey, you just got, you got it wrong. It wasn't wise. It wasn't wise. So, you know, correct it, take it down. And hopefully in the future, this, this changes the way, because this is how we're sharpened as a church, right? Like we all fail. We, we fail. God challenges us with his word and we grow out of it. And uh, that's how God sanctifies us. And and the hope, the hope here and even showing this, because I'm invested in Proverbs right now, pastorally, is to say like, how would you apply godly wisdom to the internet? And here's an example of somebody making accusations or having assumptions and, and, and being wrong. I mean, from the bottom up wrong. And, um, how do we, how, how do we, how do we glorify God and be wise servants in the midst of it? So I appreciate the encouragement. I increase, I appreciate the blessing. Uh, but let's continue. Hey, you should all know at this point where I stand with him. I think I made that quite clear. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to review parts of the full segment that stand out to me. The whole clip is about an hour long, so I'm going to do my best to compress it and shorten it to the most important parts that stand out to me. All right. <laughs> Ready to fight? No. <laughs> okay. We are wrestling. <laughs> All right. So uh, so let's talk. So. Um, should we force women to wax men's testicles? <laughs> well, the first question someone might ask is this, is drinking alcohol biblical or can a true Christian drink beer? And those are great questions. And the answer is you can't draw a straight line from drinking alcohol to not being a Christian because we are not saved by not drinking alcohol. We are saved by believing and trusting in Jesus Christ. So yeah, a true Christian can drink alcohol. Our Lord drank wine on various occasions. But it's not that simple. The real question is this, should a Christian drink alcohol? Let me repeat that. Should a Christian drink alcohol? I think that's a better question. We are warned in scripture not to get drunk, not to be drunk, Ephesians 5.18. And what Jeff Durbin just did in this clip is exactly why, because it causes you to say and do stupid things that are not God honoring. Let me repeat what Jeff just said. He said, should we force women to wax men's testicles? Now, the fact that he could say that with a straight face is most likely due to the fact that he had probably been drinking more beer than he should have before the airing of this segment. Hey, yeah. I say one thing. If you're not drinking root beer in there, then it's like a velvet Merlin because that is some dark beer. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very dark beer. It's like dark. I mean, there's so much wrong there. You know, again, it's not to, it's not to berate this, this brother. Um, 
It's just to say, like, well, here's an example. How do you apply godly wisdom in the internet age? He saw a video. He saw something in my hand. His assumption was that's beer. And then he, he went further with the assumption and said, he probably drank too much and that's why he talked in this way. The truth is, the reason why I was talking about that is because it was all over the news. All over the news. And what did I use, even in terms of the, the terminology I used? The technical terminology. And of course, it's such a weird thing to talk about, and, and we laugh about it at the end, because what a crazy world that we're living in, that we're living in an age where we're actually talking about forcing women to do this to men, strangers. And so the awkwardness of the moment wasn't because anybody had drank too much at all. It's because how crazy is this that we're actually having this discussion? We are as pastors sitting down in the 21st century asking this crazy question. How do you deal with this? There's a man that's demanding that strangers in these salons actually wax his testicles, his genitals. We got to deal with it. You can hide under a rock if you want. Mm. I'm not playing that game. I'm not going to do that. I'm not running from this stuff. I'll talk about it. You know, you can hide in your little pietistic circles if you want as a Christian. Mostly false piety. Yeah. And you could try to pretend like this stuff isn't happening. And I think that's probably one of the main reasons we're facing it down today is because Christians have gotten to these little enclaves, these little, we've, we've sort of, you know, uh, gotten ourselves onto a reservation and the world's out there and we won't engage with the stuff. We won't. Why? Because we're too holy to engage with that stuff. Yeah. Like, no, you should engage it. You should call it what it is. You should, you should, you should call it down, take down every argument that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And you should, uh, you should dissect it. You should refute it, all that stuff. You should talk about it. So the reason why that, that question came up is because it was literally all over the news. And if you doubt me at all, it's fine if you do, go look it up. Go look it up. See how many news articles there are. See how many videos there are. See how many news reports there are. It was all over the news. And so I'm a pastor. I sat down with two pastors and I had a root beer. Wasn't inebriated. Wasn't under the influence at all. As a matter of fact, um, when that video went up, I'm pretty sure it had been at least two or three years since I had had a drop of any alcohol, except for the little thimble of communion wine that we have every Lord's day. Um, it was just root beer. I just had a stage where I was just like, I don't know, just don't want to have a beer. <laughs> That's just how it was. I'm just, I'm, literally, I was just like, I just don't want to have a beer for a long time. And uh, so I sat down completely sober and they were sober and I had root beer, but the, all the assumptions, all the assumptions, he, well, what happened here is he probably had too much. And that's why he brought up a conversation like that. Not assuming my innocence, not assuming the best of, of me, not, not assuming all the things that you ought to assume mm. according to God's law, but assuming the worst, assuming the worst and not having full context. And so if one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. The principle there is you don't really know what you're talking about, uh, and, but you're going you're gonna to throw out accusations and you're going to vilify somebody and actually engage in what is essentially slander. Because what, what does someone take away from this video when they watch it? What, what do they take away? And, I'm, and by the way, listen, I'm okay. I'm okay. Where there's a just judge and there's a final day of judgment, all this gets revealed. But when someone walks away from this, uh, they walk away with, man, that Jeff has got a potty mouth. 
he makes these bad jokes and it's because he drinks too much. Mm -hmm. That's what I took away from it. But if you were there and you know the facts and if you know what God knows and I know, you'll know that uh, Jeff was talking about the news and Jeff didn't have a single drop of alcohol. And you didn't say anything stupid either. Yeah. <laughs> just for the record. So hopefully, I don't know, I just wanted to talk about that. And normally we don't engage with this stuff. Like, you know, there's, there's when you're in ministry, maybe this would be a good thing for us to talk about, Luke. Maybe we'll take Stacey Abrams out of this episode. We'll just clear it yeah, and that's fine. do it next week. Um, next week we will be in Ireland probably having a Guinness. <laughs> just for the record. <laughs> um we will be in Ireland. Yeah, pray for the church in Ireland. God's doing amazing things there for them. We've, uh, through your help with us, by the way, End Abortion Now has raised up uh, churches in Ireland that are now fighting against the issue of abortion with the gospel consistently, working to criminalize it once again. And uh, that group of churches is raised up through the work of Apologia Church. So if you gave to End Abortion Now or Apologia Studios, you made all that possible. So yes. that's happening right now. So thank you for that. But um, I think, Luke, let's talk about this. I think this would be a good ending to the show. Because maybe because we're all about wisdom, talking about wisdom right yep. now and ministry. Um, we've been doing this for a long time, going on thirteen years, just with Apologia. Yeah, just Apologia. You and I have been involved in ministry for much longer than that. Yeah, and uh, but we planted the church almost thirteen years ago, and and one of the things I want to say to my brothers and sisters, especially those who are pastors, who are those involved in like you know vocational ministry or you know you just you're invested. Faithful ministry, faithful ministry hurts. Mm -hmm. It hurts a lot. You know, I've often said from a human perspective, the reason why I try to talk everybody out of doing vocational ministry, like pastoral work or whatever, because is because I want to get the ones that are truly called and not the ones that are just really excited about God's word and love Jesus and want to evangelize. Just because you're all those are, are all those things doesn't mean you have to be a pastor. It's not like this is the elite status. We're just one part of this whole thing, right? Like you can do so many other things and glorify God and do just as much important work for the kingdom uh, by not being a pastor, right? But I always try to talk people out. Yes, and Luke knows yes, this. we do. Like we're, yes, we're brutal we about it. Try to talk people out of this because we want the ones who are truly called and truly gifted and just can't do anything else. You can't do anything else. Um, from a human perspective... This is like a nightmarish experience in many respects. Imagine always, always being on call, always having to be available, and it's a 24 hours a day um, spiritual attacks, trauma, death, disease, pain. I mean, your days will be filled as a pastor from like, like 9 a.m., this huge moment of victory and like sanctification and amazing stuff happening in someone's lives. Someone comes to Jesus, uh, uh, marriage is healed or what have you. And then 10 comes along and 10 a.m., it's this tragedy, right? And then 11, it's this other victory. And then 12, it's an even worse tragedy. It's, it's, it, it, it's from a human perspective, it's nightmarish. Mm. Like, why would you choose this? only because you're called mm -hmm. and only because you're gifted and you can't do anything else because you're doing it for the glory of God anyways. All that to say, if you're going to do faithful ministry, you have to prepare yourself for the slander. You have to prepare yourself for the gossip. You have to prepare yourself because it's going to happen. If the enemy uses this tool of accusation, lies, slander, gossip, 
against the ministry of Jesus, against the ministry of Paul, you better be darn sure he's going to use it against you as well. Be ready for it. Be so ready for it. Um, And I think for us, for Pastor Luke and myself and, and Pastor Zach and Pastor James, most of the time we don't even, we don't even respond to things like this because what have I said? The judge of all the earth will always do right. Mm-hmm. We entrust ourselves to the one who judges righteously. We know there's a day of judgment where all is going to be revealed. Um, but it's important to consider as a, as a believer um, the fact that if you do faithful ministry, people are going to say awful things about you, not having all the facts, people lying. Like I saw an article, someone shared, shared with me the other day, someone had done, done, done an article that said that um, I regularly, regularly preach in skinny jeans and beer t-shirts. Hmm. I despise skinny jeans. I've never we, worn a pair. There's a record of that, by the way, on this show. Yeah, there how is. How much we loathe skinny yeah, jeans. Yeah, I despise skinny jeans, always have, would never own a pair, encourage every man on the planet never to go near such a thing. And I've never, I don't even remember, I, do I even own a shirt, the beer shirt? I might have bought a Guinness shirt in Maybe. Ireland, but I, I, I preach regularly in beer T-shirts. Yeah. Here's my challenge: find that, yeah, find it. But people get away with it because, well, it's a respectable sin in our culture. Because of the age of the internet, you can say what you want when you want, and we just don't think that that gossip and slander on the internet translates to real sin. But it is, it is, Luke. Yeah. I mean, ugh, there's just so much. Sorry, I was just reading the comments, and the comments are a dumpster fire. Um, I mean, if you're listening, sorry, the whole argument on the comments right now is that there's no verse explicitly saying that Jesus drank alcohol, which that's silly. Um, but I encourage you to like just like search for the word alcohol or strong drink or wine uh in like your concordance on your bible app just search for it and see all the glowing things that god has to say about wine and alcohol okay so um for those and the condemnation of drunkenness yeah Yeah. we're all the ultra there's balance pietists in the chat feed here um but yeah i mean i don't know what else what else to add to that well i mean just the the the, i guess in in preparing Preparing maybe men who are yeah. being raised up right now for ministry to, like, how do you deal with it? Like, when as, as a ministry, when you, like, see That's some crazy article with these accusations or something like that, you know, you're like, how do you, how do you, how are you dealing with that yeah. spiritually? Well, they're usually of you. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, right. I'll, you know, for, for this guy that doesn't like Doug Wilson, one thing we learned from him is when that happens, they party, right? And that's great advice because, you know, it's even like reading the YouTube comments, you know, we try not to, you know, every once in a while I'm like, I wonder what they said here. And then I immediately like regret looking at the YouTube comments. <laughs> yeah. Keep your sanity. Don't, yeah. Don't read the comments. Keep so your sanity. a lot of it, you just, we know the truth. God knows the truth. Those we love know the truth. And it's just not worth your time and effort and uh, being stressed out over s- just unfounded slander and comments you know it's just like whatever have a nice day i got like like we have real problem with 
or real pro- bleh, real people with real problems to deal with on a daily basis right you know so like this video we just played it's like this isn't even a real thing it's make-believe uh i you know we've this has been a year <laughs> this has been a year 22 has been a year in some ways i would say 22 for us as pastors has been harder than 2020 uh, because we've had so much tragedy and conflict and stuff like that and it's like death we had someone death. we love we had someone we love yeah exactly very, and very it's dearly like, die you know it's like i got when we get done with this show here, you know, we're going to, you have a counsel, counseling, you have, you have appointments waiting for you. We're, the, you rest of, the rest of the day yeah. is counseling. Yeah. I have another, let's see, what time is it for? I have another five hours of, of appointments here yet. So like I have real issues to deal with people that are really struggling and I don't really even have time. We're pastoring. Time, yeah. To yeah. like even care what the other people think. Right. So just you being know. faithful, yeah. serve God, be faithful. Yeah. You do what you do to the glory of God, worship Christ. And and you got to be you got to know that if you do faithful ministry, you're going to get attacked. Yeah. You're going to get accused falsely, all that stuff. And you just got to be okay with it. And you got to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. You're rejoicing in God and His faithfulness. He's unchanging. And I think you know, for me, the anchor is is there's a day of judgment where all of it's going to be revealed. Yep, that's your hope. No one's. Here's the thing. Nobody will get away with the lies and slander that they make against you. Right. No one will get away with it. And in terms of like the Christian worldview, all sins of gossip and slander, whether it is with your mouth or with your fingers, all sins of gossip and slander are going to be dealt with or have been dealt with. Mm -hmm. No sin of gossip, slander, false accusation um, will be missed. There's going to be a day of judgment where it's going to be judged before the watching world or it was actually dealt with in Jesus Christ. But God is not going to allow any sin of slander and gossip to go unpunished. It either was received by Christ and fully atoned for and answered by God, or it will come upon the head of every person who doesn't know Jesus and does it, because there's a day of judgment. And so we should take these sorts of things really seriously, and I think it's important in in the age of the internet we are so confident and and um, willing uh, to engage in the sins of of gossip and slander, um, and to engage in the lack of wisdom, like not knowing both sides before we actually make a judgment, or not hearing something fully before we give an answer. And Scripture says, if you do that, it's to your folly and to your shame. And so I think that as believers, we should read the book of Proverbs a lot more than we do. Amen and, to that. And uh, I hope... I do hope that um, our our study series through the book of Proverbs will be a blessing to the church for uh, generations to come. Hopefully people listen to it. That's why we're engaged. That's why we're doing it. We, we hope that it changes us, changes me, uh, and uh, changes the world. That's why, we, that's why we do the teaching we do. It's not just to get through a Sunday. It's because we hope that it changes us, it makes us like Jesus. And so there you go. So um, as we mentioned, uh, we are headed to Ireland— uh, to minister to the churches that we've raised up there in Ireland, who are now fighting against the issue of abortion in Ireland, both in the Republic and in the North, yes, um, with the gospel. And so pray for those churches, and thank you again to everybody who has given to End Abortion Now. 
you have been a part of this with us, raising up churches internationally to save lives. Truly. You really have. It's it's an international movement now of the gospel with local churches, and so thank you for all your giving. If you haven't haven't gone to endabortionnow.com uh, to sign up with your church to get free resources and training to save lives together with about 900 churches, uh, then go do it. Sign up with your church, with your pastors, and we'll give you everything you need. We want nothing from you. And I want to encourage you all to, uh, if you can, give. Give at endabortionnow.com. We need you uh, to to be a part of this work with us financially. Uh, it, it takes a lot to do what we do and to go into all the states we're going into. We've got states coming up now. We're planning on Georgia. We're planning on Alabama, Pennsylvania, Idaho. Uh, we've got a number of states. And so yeah. pray for those. It's hard to keep track of them. It's hard to keep track of them. So be in prayer for those because we have bills of equal protection going in. Louisiana, it, we're working on that coming around again. And so it's going to be a big next 12 months for sure. Uh, so be in prayer for that, but also join with us, partner with us, and get your tickets for ReformCon, reformcon.org, live performances, great talks, after party, awesome stuff, Reformation Day weekend here in the Phoenix Valley, uh, reformcon.org, you've got to get your tickets and you got to get them soon, guys. Uh, limited seating, so we got to fill them up and you need your spot. So uh, reformcon.org, David Bonson, James White, Joe Boot, Andrew Sandlin, myself, Luke will be there. The whole team's going to be there. Uh, so uh, don't miss it. Reformcon.org. We will catch you next week right here on Apologia Radio. That is Luke the Bear. Uh, real quick, because I forgot to mention it. Uh, speaking of um, Idaho and across the street from where you were in that video with Doug Wilson is New St. Andrews College, who is we are now partnering with and we're very excited about. So check out nsa.edu, not.gov. Not.gov. Totally different thing. One is righteous, one is unrighteous. <laughs> so, Luke the Bear. Peace out. I'm Jeff the Coleman and Ninja. I'll catch you next week right here on Apologia Radio.